All right, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. And today we're joined by <gasps> good friend James Lott Jr. <laughs> he dug deep. The ground split open. There was lightning. I yeah. think that's what that was. It was. I like that. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, this is this. Uh, you you're a, a mainstay on this show. I am. I'm glad to be back. I'm so glad to be back. The the third. Yes. Yeah. So the third. The right. Third. third time. You're past junior and now the third. When did we decide you get jackets at number five? Yeah, it's number five. Ooh, just like okay. SNL. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay. I'm a size large. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, and uh, also if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people. We take those and we hope that it builds you up as people. We have the retrospective that's introspective. So melodic, so rhythmic, I can tap my feet to it. Hell yeah. <laughs> dance, baby, dance. I love to dance. That's just the new tagline that we're going to put on all of our branding. <laughs> dance, baby, dance. And they're going to listen to the show and they're going to say, they sold me something Aww. that they did not offer. A bad sale of, go- sale of goods or bill of goods. Yep. <laughs> Something like that. Bad seller bills. Bills, exactly. Bills, bills, bills. <laughs> I, I feel not only unlike tapping my feet, I feel a bit frightened. Aw. I mean, that's the appropriate feeling that you should have when listening to this show. If you're not at least a little bit scared, I think I don't think we're doing our job. And, like, it, it doesn't matter what the fear is for. You could be scared for your safety, for ours, for the, the future of civilization, if this is where the bar is. <laughs> But we're looking for some little sprinkle of fear here. Right. Sprinkle. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. Um, so, James, you brought in Open Your Box by Yoko Ono. Yes. It's her 2007. I, I would, I've, I've seen it called a remix album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a compilation of her remixed singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why did you bring this to us? Because, as we talk about my music, she inspired me, actually. A 77-year-old um, ex kind of icon from the 70s, you know, because of her and John Lennon. Um, she became a club diva in her 70s. Had number one hits. So all these songs were number one hits. And it inspired me because she does kind of spoken words set to music, which is what I do. Nice. Yes. And so okay. she inspired me. She inspired me for that. Yeah. Like songs. Um, yeah. I... Uh only know of Yoko Ono in her relation to uh, the Beatles mm-hmm. because the Powerpuff Girls did a parody oh of it. Oh my God, that's so funny. They did the Beatles where all the bad guys got together and then someone posed as a Yoko Ono type character that's in order hilarious. to break them up. It's a deep cut. It really is. I, wouldn't, I don't think I would have ever thought of that again. I think I would have exited this world without that ever crossing my that's mind. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait a second. Okay. Yoko did not break up the Beatles. Sorry, folks. She just happened to be there. She just happened. She didn't break up the Beatles. They were breaking up and they were going that direction anyway. They were a boy band when they started. Let's get real. Then they got more serious and then there were drugs and things involved, of course. A lot of drugs. Um, but egos. Yep. And right. you had four individuals that were very different. Yeah. He had, he had, you know, Paul McCartney had Linda and, and he had Yoko. I mean, just kind of, she didn't break up the Beatles. 
That's a, that's a misconception. <laughs> yeah, it's real sexist. They're like, this woman came into this boy group <laughs> right. and destroyed it. Isn't that um, funny? I never thought that before, actually. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, she is, isn't she known as like a really big uh, feminism activist yeah. as well? Yeah. Um, so, you know, draw your conclusions where you will. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but she's yeah. a club diva. In her 70s and 80s, she has number one hits. Yeah, which is bonkers. Yes, um, I would. I don't even expect to be alive in my seventies, let alone a, a hit DJ. <laughs> the seventies aren't that far from me anymore, so I'm like, well, I hope well, I'm around in twenty years. You live a better years. life than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I actively and intentionally make poor choices. <laughs> when I you're, go, you're I want... missing out. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank when you. When I go, I want them to say there was a man who lived hard oh. and fast. <laughs> Recklessly. <laughs> yep. We have to live longer. We're black men. Come on. We gotta live. We can't. We can't fall into the. I want to fall into the gap. Said that. <laughs> you mean the store? Yeah. Yeah. The, the store. The you like... go into the gap. That's where they. That's where they get you. <laughs> I landed it's, in a pile of blue cheese. It's a, it's a honey pot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's so weird. Okay. But anyway, so you know. What I, mean. <laughs> I have a gap in my teeth, so mind the gap. I always say. Oh. Mind the gap. Um, this was my first Yoko Ono that I've ever heard. Okay, and what'd you think? Um, I thought it was it was different than what I had expected in that um, I feel like any time I had seen a video of Yoko Ono doing her thing, it was her doing more like, um, I don't know what... The, Avant-garde kind of... Yeah, yeah like wailing very stuff. Wailing yeah. experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I turned this album on and heard beats and, and like mm-hmm. words, I was like, oh... I'm I'm thoroughly surprised and delighted. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. good. I think I think I think I think she has some good producers, which that'll do that'll do wonders for you and your voice and music. So I think that's one of the things that drew me. It was like the music's really good. Mm-hmm. They fit the vocals to go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very important. Uh, had you heard it before? Or? I have not. I uh, in terms of Yoko's output, really the the stuff that I'd encountered was the the collaborations mm-hmm. with John. And no, I'd never really. Uh, dived into anything that she had done after that so I had no clue what to expect from this album and I I I liked it but the other thing that I was struck by is you know you you talk about this album how was a direct inspiration I feel like there is a direct line from what she's doing on this album to what you did on uh, specifically I'm thinking about uh, songs from my inside voice Mm -hmm. direct I went I listened to that first and then I went I listened to this Yoko album and I went "Ah, I see Yep, that was my first album too. So yeah, direct correlation, direct correlation. Yes, definitely. I felt like if I can do um, spoken word set to dance, that was my first thing. Set to dance music, that was my goal. And I looked at her as because you know as we talked on the show before, I love Gil Scott Heron. That's another story. Yeah, yeah. That, but I was like, I wanted to do dance. I was intentionally wanted to do conscious dance music. That's kind of what I wanted to do and fun dance music. To my voice. And she did that. And, you know, she's known for, I mean, people forget this. That, like I said, every album with John, it was John and Yoko Ono. Mm-hmm. So she had songs, solo songs on those albums. They just weren't popular because John was the popular one, obviously. Right. Um, but then someone, then someone younger, one of your young people out there, started reaching backwards and saying, well, this chick has some stuff on here. And then they started making it happen. How did you find this album? Or had you just been such a fan of her before and then this came out and you were like, damn, this is my shit. <laughs> I, I'm a club person. Back in the day, when I first heard this stuff, I was going to clubs. I literally was going out. 
Right. So I was like, what's the song? And this is before Shazam on my phone. Uh, I go, what's that song? I run to the DJ and I'm like, what's this song? Oh, this is Joker Ono. This is, you know, this is You're the One by the Bimbo Jones remix. I was like, oh, okay. And then you'd like, can you write it down for me? Because I can't remember anything. But in my pocket, um, I actually went to the club and her stuff. But then I knew about her because I'm from that time period. I knew John and Yoko. So I knew all about, I knew all about her stuff. Right. I was a fan. So of both of them. And then, uh, but I was at the club actually. So I heard, I've heard her in the club at the big sounds. And it was so wonderful. I yeah. Like, Who is this? And I, I went in, I went to the store. And back then I went, it was, uh, the tower was gone already. So was Virgin, was Virgin Mega Store still around? I can't remember. I went to some store and I went. Suncoast. Suncoast. Yeah. Uh, uh, Camelot Music. No, I, went to, I, don't, I don't remember where it was. I actually went to a record store and bought, and bought it. Yeah. We're going to assume it's Amoeba. Amoeba. This episode is brought oh, yeah. to you by Amoeba. Amoeba Records. <laughs> yes. They're gonna are, isn't Amoeba Amoeba on Sunset? They're about to change locations, I think, and they're gonna need folks spreading the word about where to find them. So Amoeba, we could be your your hype yeah. hypers, yeah, hypers. That's the it's the hypers. official title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hypertari and hyper Lex, Lex hyper, uh, and they'll be like, that is doubly on brand. There is a dual. There's yes. a dual. Get out of my office. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love Amoeba. Like I love they them. Start humoring you, and then they're like, "No, I don't. I, I just don't. I don't, I don't have time have the for this. They're all never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Exactly. Oh man. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So you were you were in the club when you heard this. Yes. I I would not have heard this. I would say you guys don't go to clubs. Do you? I'm so. not. I'm not. I've never been. It's just I go. I've been to a couple. You know, but. You get in there and it's like, wow, this is, it's loud. Oh, why, why is everyone so sweaty? <laughs> you sound like an old man. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I know you're here. Why are you yelling? Oh, that's so funny. Well, because you need to be able to hear them over the <laughs> yes, music. Exactly. All right. So the Tell only me. clubs that I used to go to um, were like top 40 clubs and mashup clubs. Oh, okay. I know those mashup yeah, clubs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So like Booty. Booty. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yes, I know that. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, Cause like the first time I had ever heard house music in general was when I was sitting on the couch waiting for my prom date. She's like, "This is house. Listen to that." And I was like, "Oh, cool. All right. Sounds good." Oh, funny. Yeah. And I was gripped with a fear, the likes of which <laughs> I have never known. House. <laughs> and see, I grew I grew up going to clubs like at 16, 17 years old. I don't recommend that anybody. There's a different time period. It was this, it was the 80s. Um, and then when I moved to San Francisco and Sacramento, I went, I went to out, I went out five nights a week, four nights a week. I mean, that's what you just did. I, I was a dan- I like to dance. Then I was a DJ for a while, actually. I had mm. two, I had two Gemini mixes and turntables and mix and everything. I did that for a while. Um, but I've always loved music. So, and I'd always just dance music. House was my favorite. I loved house. I loved deep house. I loved techno, techno house, techno trance, trance. I loved all that stuff. I was into everything. I had every, every record in 12 inch and I had everything. Um, so for me, if I heard it in the club, then that's what I fell in love with because I was, I was out all the time. Okay. I feel like there is a, there's a very big community of people in the like trans techno house, uh, community that like know all the like specific differences yep. between these different genres. To me, it all is like <laughs> under a big <laughs> techno umbrella. Yes. And, Yep, it's it's deets and doots and yes, beeps and yes. boops. It's a um, it's a Skrillex. It's, <laughs> yep. uh, they it's, put it's on a, house or trap, right. and I'm just like, right. yes, this is a Skrillex. <laughs> Skrillex. <laughs> I too am in the community. Um, yeah. I mean, 
what, and you don't have to answer any of this question, but like, I don't know really what defines the different genres. Like what, what separates trans from house and and house from, oh really? Literally, literally it's beats per minute style. Um, you know, some beats, some of it's faster, a lot, and it also depends on some of the instruments that are used. Yeah. Um, house music literally is a direct descendant of disco. Okay. Disco is four, four and four. Just kind of like do the hustle. And then house music is kind of like that, but with house music, they added a lot of big vocal. Okay. You'll have a lot of. Um, African American women, and no better term, that will sing these gospel like vocals set to this kind of like, and they say sing it. Yeah. So that's what, and house music comes from Chicago. It's a very deep Chicago thing. Um, and then techno is much harsher. I always liken it to rock music mixed with dance. Because they do a lot of, and it's like, it's very just like, it's in your hard. Face. It's in your yeah. face. It's hard. House is like, you put, and then you have, Slower house, like trance, is slower. Okay. It's much more chill out music. It's All like, right. do the hustle. <laughs> do the hustle. Exactly. It's very it's very calm. But there's a beat in it. The beat's just slower. Yeah. But there's a beat. So it's a lot of beats per minute, so there's just a difference. I mean, it's also just styling, so there's Latin house and this house. I mean, that's, that's all different. But usually the beat is what it is. Okay. Um, many people take a drum, funky drummer from James Brown. That's like a template for a lot of house music and a lot of dance music. It's, for some reason, that beat has been sampled 8 million thousand times. But that's like that's the kind of the template of how it, the pacing and rhythm it goes. Okay. I'm learning so much right now. And that was the whole EDM thing is so funny because when I saw her EDM, what the, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's basically mostly trance, dance, techno music. It's all kind of mixed together now. Yeah. That whole Marshmallow, Skrillex, people around in Calvin Harris. All, they're, all, they're all doing variations of disco, house, dance. It's all kind of variations updated, I've noticed. Right. EDM stands for electronic, electronic dance, dance music. music. Yeah. Okay. It's, well, see, there's, there's a politics behind it, too. Because you know there's disco sucks thing, everybody got disco, but disco never really left. It left the mainstream. Then it morphed into kind of house, and house became a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wording is always the thing. You know, like you say, pop music is a, a dirty word. Pop's a dirty word, but it's not a dirty word. It's just pop music. It's popular music. That's what it means. Yeah, but the phrasing was different. And techno got really big for a while in the '90s. The raves. I used to go to raves underneath, you know, uh, freeways and stuff. Um, but then that became like a bad thing too. Um, then Moby got really popular. I don't know if you guys remember Moby. I don't remember him at all. Oh, you mean that guy who didn't date Natalie Portman? There you go. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know, really. I know. That's, that's a good reference. I like that. I like that. I do. I like that. And also, actually, one of the first people to actually sell his album for commercials, every song, because they, they stopped playing videos on MTV. Like, what's a video on MTV? Right. Um, so and what you're saying is Moby ruined all of it. No, I, 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 I'm, actually, I'm actually praising him for it. Okay. No, seriously. Because they, they, where are you going to play your music? You don't play videos anymore. So where, where do you where do you do it besides YouTube? Right, so getting commercials. You want to get commercials and TV shows. Uh, but anyway, but no. But then he became popular. But then he even changed the game and made it into like a pop dance music. Because I saw him in 1990, he was hardcore. It was called 808. You know, 808 just heavy, just eh, eh, it was just it just in. He changed. He totally changed. So the words, the politics of the words. So EDM is a safer thing than saying house or disco or dance. It's just a safer word. Interesting. I would never choose EDM as my safe word. 
<laughs> I would choose Moby. No. <laughs> Moby. That's my safe word. Moby. Um, <laughs> Choosing Moby when you're getting that dick? Oh! Yes. Oh! <laughs> uh, up top, Lex no, Michael. I am not. Top. Who wants some of this? I'll take it. Yeah. I am not high five. Oh, you're still canceled, <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. I'll still take it. You're canceled, I, but I'll take it. Right. You need that balance of validation and rejection <laughs> so yeah, exactly. that you find yeah. yourself emotionally spinning in circles. I am a parent. <laughs> you do. You build you up and bring you down at the same time. In Thank one you guys. Sentence. I really it really helps. Yes. Um, now I have Blood and Thunder by Mastodon hey. like going in my head right now. Now I love me some heavy metal and, and speed metal and hard. Like that's another story. I love all that stuff too. That's another story. Yeah, White Whale, Holy Grail. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Listen to music, Lex Michael. Be a music person. Come on, be a music person. Come yeah, on. Seriously, get it together. <laughs> Come yes, on. I, I have a reputation for rejecting <laughs> music. Anything <laughs> melodic just fills me with blinding white rage. Yep, you, you're the place from Footloose. That whole place is you. I am the town <laughs> from so Footloose. So funny. Yeah. Footloose. There will be no kicking off of Sunday shoes today. <laughs> Hear it for the boy. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, um, so <laughs> just come down off of that. Yes, that's hideous. You're hideous. You're hideous. How You're dare hideous. you? I beg your pardons. Um, so uh, your, I would say that. So your album also would qualify as house, right? Um, well, yes. You know, good question because someone asked me that the other day, actually, because my song "I Am Ready" that's clearly a house song, right? My first time's a song, and I have other songs that I I, I want to break down, I want to break out, and I, I'm open to love. They're all kind of house music songs, but I have songs in the album that aren't house music. If you think about it, have right. songs that aren't either. But I guess it's it's a dance album. That's uh, a good question. I wouldn't even know what's. A, I don't. Yeah, it's a good question. My soul needs a cigarette. Is definitely not a house no. one. Um, I feel like that one's very like Leonard Cohen esque. Oh, thank you. That's actually yeah. a couple of times listening to the album. Thank you. And and similar, right? Like Leonard Cohen very much seems like a guy who you could imagine him sitting down writing a yes. long form poem and then going, "All right, give me a guitar." Right. <laughs> Let me get just as a delivery mechanism for my work. It's word. funny you say because that song, my sister had a dream that she that her soul needed a cigarette. She said that to me. I wrote down that sentence. I do that sometimes. So I'll write down something that comes to me. And she goes, I had this dream that, and she only smoke. My soul needed a cigarette. I thought, what a profound statement. My soul needed a cigarette. I wrote that song in 20 minutes. I sat down, I wrote it. And I was like, okay. And then I recorded it. Interesting. I was like, just from that, just from that sentence, and I imagined because she was going through. Uh, she's my sister. She, she has a, uh, a mother who's going through Alzheimer's. Yeah. So she was going through all these emotions, and and like some, and we used to say I should smoke cigarettes because that would keep me stress free. You drink a cigarette and you feel better. So I thought your soul wants to be stress free. Do you smoke cigarettes? No, not anymore. I've never smoked in like twenty years. Yeah, 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 same. The last thing I smoked was Marlboro Light One Hundreds. The last thing I smoked. Okay. Just like air, basically, like smoking air. <laughs> Um, I was uh, it was more of a uh, camel uh, burst packs, the ones oh. that you like. You can do the like you have the choice of making them mentholated. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, did not know this about fancy. You. Um, well, I I was originally a, a Marlboro Lights person. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, either that or Camel Lights. Okay. And then yes. um, my buddy who I used to work with was like, "Hey, you uh, you seen these these mentholated cigarettes?" And I was like, uh, and he's like, but you, you could choose whether you want a regular cigarette or a menthol, menthol cigarette. You just, you, you pop a little bubble yep. in the middle of it and then it makes it mentholated. 
Huh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I really though. I Cigarette did not, technology. I did not know about your your nicotine filled past. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I didn't know. I didn't know. See, I have never I have smoked cigarettes at parties, but I've never purchased oh, a pack, pack of cigarettes. Because I you know, like you know, like once you buy a pack, a lot of people like that's their first of yes. many, 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 many over the course of many years. Yes. Hmm. So and, and there are some people who like you turn what is it, eight is it eighteen or twenty one now for cigarettes? Eighteen. So you turn eighteen and it's just like I don't even necessarily want to smoke, but as a ritual, I'm 18 now. I can go buy a pack of cigarettes. I'll do it. I had the moment where I went, uh, I said to myself at age 18, oh, I could go do this. No, I'm not going to go do this because if I have one and enjoy it and I have regular access to them, that's it. I'm fucked. So I never bought one. But there are parties I've been to where you get super drunk and then it's like somebody right. keeps handing hand them to you. Hand. Yeah. yeah. I usually smoked at work because I was stressed out at work or at the club. Uh, I was, it was always for me after drinking. So that was my rule was that like, I, I could never just like smoke. Yeah. It was just like something that made me feel, uh, sober if I had drinking too much. Yeah. Yeah. That? Yeah. Um, but smoking's bad everyone. Yes. I, oh yes. Completely. Yeah. I stopped because I started doing voice stuff. And so like yes. the long run, you, you know, it deteriorates your throat and your yeah. lungs and all that stuff. So I was like, I can't do both. Um, so I stopped and you should stop too. If you already do it, yes. if you are thinking about it, no matter how cool it looks in movies, it's not cool, it's not cool. It not does cool, look man. so cool in movies. It's not cool, man. <laughs> no. I mean, they do try to make it look real sweet. Yeah. They're like, let's do some point post coitus cigarettes. Right. Oh boy. Yes. Look at all our, our, I'm a hard boiled officer. I like to smoke the cigarettes cause it makes me feel good. Actually real dialogue from the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Manchurian candidate. Yes, exactly. Um, but no, like uh, circling back around, yes, yeah. I feel like that song, I had written it before we were making jokes about relatable content. Um, and I feel like that song is hashtag relatable oh, content. Thank you. No, that was, that was on purpose because that, that song's for my sister. It was for her. I wanted to write something for her, kind of to express her feelings. And that's one of the great things about being an artist. I love this. I can actually do that. I can be the conduit to like mm -hmm. being, a, being a representative for somebody to right. get it out. And she doesn't write songs or sing or anything. So I was like, I can do it for you. So before you came out with your first album, mm -hmm. did you just have like a notebook full of phrases that you were like, I don't know what to do with these. And then someone was like, hey, <laughs> hey, kid, you you, you, you want to put your, your notes in front of music? Someone who clearly <laughs> spent a lifetime smoking cigarettes. Yes. Um, clearly, I, when I started this uh, three years ago, I wasn't a kid. I was 47. Oh, that person always calls Says everyone kid. Okay, kid. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've been called a kid yeah, in years, yeah. so that's kind of something else. Uh, no, no. here's the whole funny part. It was, and for people who are going to hear this and who know me, know I'm one of those kind of fearless people. I just try stuff because why not? Uh, I was asked actually for years, I should says I should do a song. Um, I did a lot of voiceover work. So the dude's like, I want to do something to do a song. I want to do something. Nothing ever happened. Well, finally, a producer said, James, can you write a song? I go, well, I don't know. I write poetry. Well, can you write a song? I said, I don't know. Well, then write a poem. And he said, um, I want to I I put it to music. I'm going to have some music for you. Let's just try just one off. Just a one off. So I had nothing, I had nothing written down. Mm -hmm. So I saw, I saw it, Yoko Ono. And a song, another song is inspiration for me. Deepak Chopra, of all people, and Demi Moore. Okay. Oh, all right. 
the number one song, or no, there was a number one song in 19, was it 99 or 2000? I heard it in the club, and I was like, why is that voice, that gravelly voice sound familiar? And they're like, this to me more, to me more. Deepacho put out an album for um, Love Poems by the Rumi. He had Madonna. Yeah, uh, a lot of people on there doing spoken word, but the music was very trancey. It's Deepak Chopra. It's very trancey, meditative music. Someone remixed it and put out the song. Uh, it's the, um, oh my God, the Eddie, Eddie Baez Tunnel Mix, which I love. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And it's like, do you love me? I love you. Do you love me? I love you. Just doing the whole, just remix this whole Rumi poem. And yeah. it's to be more doing it. And she has this deep voice. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I thought of her. I thought of Yoko Ono. You're the one. And I said, what would I want to say? What would be a song that represents James Lott Jr.? And I swear to God, literally, divine intervention, I am ready for success. I am success. I am ready. That came to me. Okay. That was the first thing I wrote down. Like, where'd that come from? Hello, where'd that come? Like, hello, where'd that come from? And I said it to the producer. He goes, "Oh my God, Jake, that's good. Because that's good. You have a hook. That's good. What else do you write?" <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I can write. Shout out to Palms. Um, I said, "I don't know." I said, he goes, "Keep writing. Just keep writing." And I said that to him over and over again. And he started playing around with some music. And then I, I started saying, "I told the universe what I wanted," and the universe replied. I started. I, I had a conversation with the universe, and I was like, "Oh," I started writing that down. And literally within an hour, I had a song. Went to the booth, recorded my vocals. I left. Up to you. you And on my birthday, two and a half years ago, three years ago, almost three years ago, he delivered this song to me. At 11.55, birthday was almost over. And I got the song, and I started to cry. I love it. It's a song that you guys heard, the first song I ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved it. I say, this is exactly, I say, it's housey. It seems almost age appropriate for me as my use my shook is my deep voice it's a positive message it's not complicated i'm like that's me that's me it's crazy he said we're gonna, re- we're gonna release it well i release it where i'm gonna release it to the wind <laughs> to the earth i don't know what you mean he goes no we're gonna put it on itunes we're gonna put it, we're gonna put it out there I'm like really i'm like i'm not i'm like he goes james do it so of course i did it and it became a minor hit for me oh nice um for some reason when you started the the story and you're like, what song represents James James Lott Jr. I thought you were gonna be like, it's the song James Lott Jr. If it's on there too, if it's on there also. That came later. That came later. Yes. I uh, while I was listening to that song, I I kept getting images of you going through the world, going through your day, and that's your theme music. Yes. Like your alarm goes off, you reach over, you hit it, James and Jr. then you pop out of bed with a big smile on your face, and that music kicks in. I like that. That's a good. One. I should do a video for that. I like that. I like that. But but no, like you say, like it feels. And it and it starts with your words, right? It starts with with poetry. Or actually, let, how do you? What's your what's your common process? Because you talk about some of these starting with words or phrases. Is that mm-hmm. always the case, or do you occasionally start like work backwards from music, and then you're like, okay, good question. Uh, what are what are my what are the words that feel like they are connected to this music? Good question. No, for me now, I've been doing this for three years. Um, because I you know, I remember so folks out there, I have books out too. So I write I write books. I write poetry and I do music. So what I have learned is an idea will come. I don't know where it's going. That's kind of exciting. I don't know which it's going to be a short story. Is it going to be a poem? Is it going to be a song? They're all different setups. But in the beginning, I get phrases. I get melodies. A lot of times for me, it's words. I had a word the other day that came to me, depressed horse. 
have no idea what those what it stands for. It might be a future song. I don't know. Or it might be a story. <laughs> it might be. But I get. I, I dream these things. I'll, yeah. I'll dream them. They'll come to me. And I'm like, okay, um, I'm open to love. Okay, got it. Um, when I did the album for um, my Breaking Into show, that was actually more of a concept album where I actually sat down and said, okay, I want to write songs specifically for this project. That's a very different process. Mm. It was much harder, too, because I didn't really go, okay, I want to do like nine or ten songs that relate to this. But for the most part, it's a phrase, it's a sentence. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's actual stanza. I mean, it depends. And I, have, I have notebooks in every bag that I have, my phone. I, I write it down. There are times when – here's one thing I do sometimes. I may have five or six different phrases. And then I print them out on a sheet of paper, cut them up, and then re- and see if they, if they make a song or not. Change the arrangement. Well, I'll put this over here, put over here and then start, and start saying it and see if they come into something. I did that recently and actually I had two songs out of my phrases. My producer goes, you have two songs? You have two separate songs out of this. So he took those four and these five and made two songs one night. I didn't, I, just didn't, I, didn't know, I just didn't know where it was going to go, but I just kind of like, I write stuff down all the time. I get stuff in my brain all the time. But it may become a short story. It may become a poem. And a poem, my poetry, I'm very sick. My poetry is, is my poetry. And my songs are my spoken word. They're my, they're my songs spoken it was very just I have them very separate. So that's kind of what I do. It depends. It just depends. I may, I may be in a studio, like, you know, and just start thinking of four or five songs. And I start writing them. They just come out. And okay. some work and some don't. Um, can I make a suggestion for your depressed horse song? Oh, tell me, please. Um, so recently we talked about the never-ending story. Oh, yes. Um, yes. No. yes. And there's a moment in that movie in which a horse falls prey to the swamp of sadness yes. and dies. Yes. Um, I can't go back to this dark place, Tari J. But, I mean, that's one, again, relatable content. It is. I live in the swamp of sadness. <laughs> oh, um, I'm, all, I'm constantly just keeping my head above the, above the muck. Um, I like that. And so, you know, if you're going to make a, a song about a depressed horse, it's got to be our tax, bro. Got Artax, I like man. I like that. Okay. <laughs> see, now, see, now you said it. Now it's in my brain. Who knows what come out of that? I, I'll, do, I'll dedicate the song to you if it, if it comes out. <laughs> and that's the thing. There's times when I'll write something down. And it may sit for months. It yeah. It may sit for weeks. I don't, I don't force it. I don't force the process. I make sure that I, I – that's the one thing about doing any of the stuff that I do. I try to stay open to the process. Yeah. And not force myself to like make this a song, make this a story, make this a poem. Just no, just like sit, let's sit there and I'll come back to it sometimes. I'll come back to it. The song that I'm working on right now, which I have no problem talking about, it's called um, Lost and Found. The song was originally called 1979, which is exactly 40 years ago. Okay. Um, and I was 10 years old. And, um, but my producer, Pete Mills, shout out to Pete Mills, he saw something in it and now we have a whole different song. But it started out as one thing. The theme is still the same. Hmm. It's about my father leaving me and all the thing that now becoming a man of the house. But it still works. Mm-hmm. But we changed we change the title, moved some words around, added some words. So that happens too sometimes where a song may start out one way and then morphs into something else. But the but the theme is still the same. Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like that's a big part of the creative process where we have an initial idea and nothing is ever the same as the way it started. Like everything goes through so many different revisions and like you, you start to understand what the actual meaning of the piece 
is like no matter what you're doing whether you're writing right. or you're making a video or you're doing a podcast um right, right. <laughs> the like you'll you'll always start with a, a kernel and then have to figure out where the like actual gold is inside of it and for me with this because now i'm working on my fourth album basically at this point um i'm really trying to um do different things with my voice yeah so the song that i did that i'm working on right now it sounds like nothing i'm actually singing it's something i've never done before in my life that's exciting i was gonna ask you if you were gonna put them sweet sweet baritone tones up in there i'm i'm singing actually and actually three or four songs i've done for this next this this next album's gonna be called salty clouds and sunflower dreams i commissioned a cover so I have somebody painted me in, in cartoon I have, a cover, I have a cover ready um and it's gonna cover the last year of my life which was very traumatic Right. Um, and so, but I started, my producers have been saying, James, you should try to use that voice for singing too. I know you don't want to be a singer, um, but let's just test it. And some of the songs are really good. I was like, wow, that's me. Okay, got it. So it's kind of strange. But it's the same, same thing. It's just like phrases will come to me. And I noticed that all my albums start, start with an S. So I don't know if that's my thing now. I didn't plan on doing that. But I, I, mean, think, I think it's my thing. It's a good, it's a good like, uh, pattern to have. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. Uh, but then you know, I have, the, I have the collaborations with Chog. I work with them and do songs, which is more whimsical, trancey dance music. Because mm-hmm. my second song I ever did was "Oh My God, Like Totally." That was the second song I ever did, mm-hmm. and people love that song. People still sing that song to me all the time. All I say is "Oh My God, Like Totally." Oh my God, Like Totally. And that came from my three-year-old great niece to make her laugh. I would go, "Oh my God, Like Totally." Oh my God, like she just ah. And my producer was like, "What are you doing?" And he put a music to it, and it became my second most popular song ever. Like, it's funny because that's exactly what I did while I was listening to the song. See, I just had my hands in the air and I was like, ah! And I remember, I remember after Buzz, Marissa said, we used to play your song in the morning just to wake us up. That song is just because it's just like this dance song. We go, oh my God, like totally. That's all I, that's all I would say. And it's got this powerful earworm quality yes. to it as well. That's something mm-hmm. I, I can say about almost every song on I this do. album. And I'm only saying almost because like, I'm pretty sure it's all of them. Yes. Uh, I, you always want to leave a slight margin right, of error because the internet gets mad. They'll yes. come back to me being like, I found one, one. track on this album to not be earwormy. Pretty much every track yeah. has got that hook that yeah. I, I feel like what's been running on repeat in my head is just... It's like one song, but it's a mashup of every yes. hook from the album because they all just they get in and they sit there and they they don't they don't go anywhere. My right. daughter and grandkids love the laughing song. That's my like I wrote a note that it was really adorable. <laughs> I did on purpose. That's for my haters. <laughs> well, you okay. do have a very distinct laugh. No, but that's the thing. Ever since I got on Afterbus TV, my laugh has been polarizing for people. People either love it and say it's contagious. Oh my god, when you laugh, I laugh too. And then others have said the meanest things to me about my laugh online. Oh, and he laughs. Like, oh, my God, I hate when he laughs. Oh, he ruins everything. And then he's snorting. And oh, my God. And so I tell people I'm not going to stop laughing. You know me? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a happy person. I laugh. Right. Yeah. Um, that's part of my signature. I laugh. So my producer said, you want to do a song with you laughing? Like basically like saying, fuck you. I said, a laughing song? Because that's what we call it, the laughing song. And my family loves this song so much. They're always playing it. They think it's hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, but then the hard part was a little behind the scenes. How do you make yourself laugh? Right in a way that feels authentic. Yes. Yeah. So that was a hard one of the hardest songs I've ever did. Was Interesting. like, so like <laughs> this is sound fun, it's authentic. When I was like saying go sound more authentic because I was laughing at you guys. I have to make Right. It's it's well, it's, it's not easy. Because I had assumed uh, that they'd caught your laugh between takes and were like, 
we're gonna musify that shit. Oh, that's funny. No, they didn't know. Interesting. No, okay. That's a little behind the scenes. I had to actually laugh. Yeah. So we did a couple of things to kind of get me a laugh, but it was, it was one of the hardest songs I ever, actually ever did. It's like no lyrics. One of the hardest songs I ever did. <laughs> but they liked that one. But no, the point, the, I, my thing was Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, um, all these artists who have super hooky songs. Mm. That's what I want. Whether I liked them or not, I wanted songs that were like, people would go, okay, I recognize that. Or, oh my God, I can't get out of my head. That was all the point. That, that was the point. Well, I, I, I admire people who have like hooky songs. Right. Well, as George Bush says, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> now we're quoting the great president, George Bush. <laughs> Compared to our president now, yeah, that's no story. Oh, dear. I'll take, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take a Bush any day. Oh, dear. We're just same. Yes. I'll take, a, I'll, take a, uh, I'll take a Bush any day at this point. Give me Jeb. <laughs> give me whoever. I'll take whoever you say. So. I'm just going to sit here quietly, yes, not exactly. high fiving anybody. Yeah. And no, y'all will get, the, want some? Y'all no, will get the angry alt right tweets. Oh, I, know, and I, love I will dodge that fire. <laughs> I'll take it. Please, please. I will sacrifice both of you. Come after me. Come after me. Throw me in front of them. I'll take it. No. <laughs> no, no. No, no. No. Um, so I guess the big question is, yes. uh, and you kind of touched on it a little bit that you're, you're expanding your voice and all that stuff. Um, but like, what's, what's in the future for James Lott Jr. You know, like, well, that's, that's the exciting part because, um, so the first album was my first, I would always say you live your life to work that first album. So that's my first album. That's me. Mm-hmm. Then the second album I did was the orchestra album, Yeah, which that was, a. I mean, I, cried every time I recorded because I recorded in front of orchestra and that was very interesting because not I looked up and online there's not very many spoken word artists who've done orchestra music right or jazz and so that was like when they asked me to do it with me I thought that was a, I was so touched and it was and I wrote those songs specifically for that album they were very specific mm-hmm. and then I did a couple of covers from the first album then the breaking into thing was just a little tribute to my show which I was ending and um and that was kind of interesting. And then the Chalk stuff, we did, we did two EPs of music, which was fun. So now I was working on this fourth album is my main thing. It's kind of like I want it to be a cross between my own Sgt. Peppers, kind of, if I could be that bold, uh, and Princes Around the World in the Day. I kind of want to mix it to both. It's kind of um, autobiographical, but yet a little whimsical. Okay. I have like one of my songs that... I'm still trying to pick the songs to go on the album. One of the songs might be Miss Pac-Man is My Best Friend. One of the songs I did. <laughs> okay. Um, she's got me doing it again and again. That's another song I've done. I mean, all these songs where my voice, I'm, I am playing with cadence. I'm playing with pacing. I'm playing, I'm playing with... Uh, I did one song where my voice is kind of high. Which I've never had a high voice in my life. Interesting. And that was very hard. But I, I, I want to try... I just, and I, I have a song that's kind of rock. I have a song that's kind of country. I kind of... I just tried... I've recorded like maybe 30 songs so far for this album. And so I'll, I'll will it down. I'll, I'll probably do like 16 or 17 at some point. But I mean, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I've been, when I was releasing singles, I've been doing non-album songs also. Because mm-hmm. my creativity is just like flying off of me. Because I was, for about a year, I couldn't do anything because I had Bell's Palsy. So I couldn't think, couldn't, I couldn't write anything. So now I feel like, that stunted growth now it's re-energized again. So now these songs are pouring out of me. What do you do with them? What do you do with them? Um, so I've been putting some songs and just things on B sides of songs. Um, so I'm working on a fourth album. I'm working on a musical. Really? On organizing. Interesting. Wait, explain. How? Yeah. 
I'm a professional organizer. That's one of my one of my trades. And I went to I went to a hoarder play here in LA. In LA. Was it part of the like Fringe Festival or something? No, I know them. No, this is some, some small. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the small theater. I've seen several plays there. And one was called "I'm a Roach, but I'm Okay" or something like that. It's about hoarding. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna say I don't. I don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't care. It was horrible. All right. It was horrible. I was disgusted as an organizer. I thought this was just totally. It, it wasn't even a good parody of anything. It, just, it was just bad. So I said, "What if I do it myself, but do it as a musical?" <laughs> All right. So, so I've been writing songs for that. Yeah. Is the idea that um, is it is it like a narrative thing? Like I, now I'm I'm very curious. Yes. yes. Um, is, so or is it like is it like an Avenue Q where you you pop in and you're like, "Hey, here's how to get your life together," and then uh, you sing a fun ditty about like I don't know, finally going to therapy. <laughs> Um, I love having a cue. Everybody's <laughs> a little bit racist sometimes. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, no, hey, no, it's it's the, it's the first. It's, okay, so I don't my I don't know problem. It's called "Who Is Arthur Jackson and Why Is His House So Messy?" That's okay. Okay. And I'm keeping the title with the long with the long title, and it centers around a son who loves his father, who they lost their mother. It's been ten years, and um, the house is hoard. It's a hoarder house. He won't throw any of her stuff away. He keeps he holds on to everything, and actually, they meet a professional organizer, mm. and he comes in, and it actually shows the process of him letting go. You see the wife; she comes in like my flashbacks, like it's in vision. She comes and basically just talks about and realistically what I go through as an organizer with clients. Yeah, they're, they're combative at first, then they're good, they may be bad. You have some roadblocks, but then ultimately, there's redemption, and it works. that's kind of the story. And the songs all actually reflect all that. Okay. Um, if the organizer isn't a Mary Poppins-esque character, I'm going to be highly disappointed <laughs> and I might cry, you know? And if at some point uh, he or she doesn't yell out, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all, I'm also going to walk out of the theater. You'll probably walk out of the theater. That, <laughs> yes. that, that's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you right I, up top. Yeah. Specific requests yeah. and like, expectations. Yes. Maybe this was just not for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't know about that. But no, no but it's, I, but no, but it's, it's, but all seriousness, I, I, I want to do a serious kind of musical on this. Yeah. On being, being um, stuck in your life. Babe. That's basically the message, how you get unstuck in your life. And the professional organizers are one way to help you do that. Actually, but, I, yeah, I would imagine, too, like in that situation with clients, you have to, to get them there, they almost have to go through the stages of yep. grief, right? Because yep. at first, I would imagine they're in denial that they have a problem. Yes. And sh- what are the stages in order? Bargaining? When's bargaining? Um, bargaining, I think, is in the middle so I don't remember what they I don't are. I don't know either. But there's, well, there's... Um, it's uh, denial... Um, no, maybe it's denial, Except, bargaining, um, anger, um, depression and acceptance. Depression and acceptance. Yeah. So I would imagine you go through a version of all of those yep. steps with everybody as they're trying to, to get to a place where they're okay. Letting yes. go of all of these useless, useless, ultimately, uh, uh, possessions. They, they, what happens is they recognize there's a problem once you start doing it, that it brings up everything. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it's coaster. Should we get rid of it? Well, that was my great grandmother's coaster. I don't know, but you have like five thousand of these in your home. That's, that's the point. It was great grandmother's. You're like, okay, we'll we'll keep that one. But let's look at the other coasters. Well, that was uncle's. 
and that was aunties. And I, so you're going through, you go through this, they're, they're, at first they want to get rid of stuff, but then when they have to actually get rid of it. Yeah. Well, when, well, when you have stuff that overpowers your, your space, that's the problem. If you can fit it in your house, then fine. Right. But like, most people can't fit it in their house. They're, well, of they're, course. Right. They're done. You know, but anyway, so I'm working on, I'm working on that. Um, I wrote a theme song for my new show, Extra Connections, which is on after, afterpartyradio.com Ooh. on Mondays, yeah. which I invited you. I invited them on. So hey, we got we to pick a date. I invited you guys to come gonna on. Happen. We're going to be there. Yes. You have to come to Inglewood. And then you'll listen to that show and you'll go, fuck, these guys are here too? <laughs> I, like, I liked this program. <laughs> I liked it. And now I am soured to the whole affair. Yeah, I want you guys on my show. So it's, no, it's, we have a good time. We're going to come in and we're going to be so professional. Oh, we're going to we're gonna come in with our hair slicked, slicked to the side uh, in suits. Ooh. Um, and like, we're very clearly doing a, like an Agent Smith thing. Yeah. Like, even with our voices, like, it's, we've had our eye on you for some time. Now, my my engineer producer will be like, who are these people? Who did James bring in here? <laughs> like, I, and we leave, and he's like, never again. Yeah, I'm, like, sorry, I'm sorry, girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Yes, never they forget. put our photos sorry, up on girl, the Sorry, girl. Sorry. I don't really. You'll be banned from the afterpartyradio.com. Like, I, we've never scrapped an episode yes. before, but this one's going on yes. the floor. Yes. And then also what I've been doing is I have uh, four of my songs are on TV shows right now. I've been, I've been, trust me, I've been so shocked. Um, people are coming to me and saying, I want to play your song on our show. I'm getting, I'm getting like music releases and things. I'm like, well, I'm like what? So I have uh, one song on one Amazon series called, um, oh my God, wait, it's not a series. Uh, Asunder the Series. It's, a, it's an online soap. It's mm-hmm. on Amazon. So I have a song on that one. I have two songs on a show called Get It Done With Gina. And then I have a song that's going to be played in a new series called Bubbling Brown Sugar. So, they, so my music's getting out there. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I was like, I didn't even thought, I didn't even thought this part of it at all. So, um, I just been, I've been, I've just been writing, writing, writing. I would do, I'm doing a Spanish album, working on that. Oh, really? Do you speak Spanish? Yeah, I do. And my two biggest songs ever that I've ever released are my Spanish songs. Lo mismo es lo mismo and No jugando aquí. Those are two songs I released over the last couple of years, and they're huge. Huge. I made more money off of those. I made so much money off of those. I bought a new computer. I bought a new iMac. I mean, like they make me money. I like my Spanish music. Interesting. And very interesting. I'm in the wrong business. I know. And so so now my producer goes, Well, James, you gotta do a Spanish album. So I have to write it in Spanish and make it sound. I, mean, I can write in Spanish and read it, but I've never written a song or a poem in Spanish. Right. So that's what's been interesting for me. It's it's taking a little longer. So the album may not be out until maybe like next year, but I'm I'm, I have one song I did called Esperanza, which I just finished, which means hope in Spanish. And did a song called Lo Siento, which is I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm, so I've been trying, I'm trying to write enough music to have an actual Spanish album. Mm-hmm. I think I think of a song, I think I think of a title, in, an S title for that album too. Spanish. Spanish songs. I know, we got to turn this into a Spanish language podcast so go. that we too can buy nice things. Yes. As opposed okay. to all that, that, the that's shitty the bullshit things we have <laughs> Exactly. Now. That's, the, that's the message I'm trying to give you guys. Speak in Spanish, you can buy good computers. All right. Bienvenido a exactly. Missing Out. Yes. Por favor, manténganse alejado Me de las puertas. Oh, oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's the one. I, I was on that monorail many a time, sir. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, my God. So funny. But, yeah, so I'm working on a Spanish album, too. So that's kind of a kind of thing I'm working on, music-wise. Okay. Um, have you ever gotten to meet Yoko Ono? No, I'd love to. How do we make this happen? How do we make it happen, How everybody? How do we get you in a room with Yoko Ono? Who out there knows her presser, whatever, PR people? 
whatever. Let him let me know. I want to meet her. I'd love to meet her. I mean, I assume like she, she does public rallies for stuff. So she's like, in New York. She's in New York. Yeah, I go to I go to New York. I have no problem going to New York. I love New York. Yeah. Are you doing a uh, a cro- are you doing a cross country tour? Why don't you uh, hang out in New York? We'll we'll have your people talk to her people. I know. I'd love to. I'd love to meet her. Yeah. I'd love to meet her and tell her oh, you inspired me. Of all people, you inspired me to do music. <laughs> She'd be like, I don't know how to take that. I know. I'm like, of all people, <laughs> you and Gil Scott Heron inspired like, me. Be like, Yoko Ono, uh, here, uh, come to my show tonight. Right. At, it's at 7 p.m. at the Staples Center. And she goes, wait, I'm doing a show at 7 p.m. at the Staples Center. And you're like, fucking exactly. Exactly. We're doing, we're doing it together, girlfriend. We're doing it together. Yeah. Welcome to collab culture, baby. <laughs> We get together. <laughs> I'm 50. You're like 80. We're gonna work it out, folks. Um, I'd love, I'd love to meet her. Somebody make it happen. I'd love to meet her. Have her call me. <laughs> call me. Um, I'll, she on Twitter? I'll tweet her. I don't, I don't know if she's on Twitter. I don't know if she is or not. It's a good question. We'll find out. Internet. Future Tari. One of those two. Who's, who's ever faster? Future Tari. Um, yeah. He listens. He he knows. Yeah, he knows. He's always listening. <laughs> Oh jeez. Yep. <laughs> now I'm scared. Back to the scare thing. Back there's to the scare that thing. fear again. There's a fear come back it, again. It subsided yeah. for moments and yeah. only moments. Not yep. back. And Not then back. I had to do my job again. Oh. Yeah. America. <laughs> just that's just so like America to do that. Of course. Oh man. Um, do you have any final thoughts about the the album or and how it's inspired you? Do you have any final thoughts about like the creation of music? Uh, any last thoughts about Lex Michael as a person? <laughs> I love Lex. Bubbling brown sugar. Sugar. That's that's, that's my last thoughts about him. Uh, and you're white chocolate. Oh, no, yeah. Um, no. So from no, Switzerland. From Switzerland. That's right. That's what a good chocolate is, right? <laughs> no, my thing is, when I look back at that first album, Songs from My Inside Voice, I'm very proud of myself that I did something that was completely out of my comfort zone. Something that I created it with producers, but I, the lyrics are all mine. I wrote all the lyrics um, as a music file of you know francophile photo file, whatever you want to call the words. I have an album out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying I have more now, but I'm saying that was the first one that got the ball rolling and told me that I could have a career in this business as a recording artist. When I when I Google myself, it comes to recording artist first, which is really weird. Not my TV stuff or organizing. That's all below. It says recording artist. And that tripped me out. The first time I saw it tripped me out, the first time I saw that, I'm like, wow. And my brother's like, you are a recording artist. And I said, I, I guess I am. I have no, I have like 60 songs out there or so. They're just out there. Yeah. Different, you know, different versions, things like that. They're all out there. And two of my songs right now that I just wrote that have not been released have been picked up by other people. They want to take it for themselves. I said, I'll be a songwriter, get songwriting, get songwriting royalties. <laughs> That's what the money is anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. And songwriting. I wrote a song called Angels Everywhere, and, and this producer in Europe likes it and said, can we use it and see if we can? I was like, please, go right ahead. Please. Um, I'm like, let me know. Yeah. But, but I, that, first, that first album really made me say that I could do this. And again, like everything else that I do, my writing, I started, I started so late in comparison to most people. I started in my 40s. I started a recording career in my late 40s, mm-hmm. and I'm thriving in it. I'm fine. I'm making a little bit of money. I'm having fun while I'm doing it. I'm not trying to get on the charts. I mean, if I did, it's fine. But you know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing it because I like doing it. It's a fun outlet. Right. Yeah. I have, I have other things that I'm doing that are much more serious and kind of, I mean, I'm not saying it's not serious, but I'm just, they're, they're much more my focus. This is fun. Yeah. I love being in a studio. I love creating something. I love putting it out there. And someone says, I love your music. I, I was at an event last night 
um, for something completely different for soaps. Um, I was emceeing it uh, downtown LA, and a couple of the people that went there were like, James, I love your music. That's what's so weird for me now. I was in an Uber the other day, and a guy played my Spanish music. Hmm. He goes, wait a minute. I know you. And I go, you don't know me. I was like, you don't know me. He goes, I do. I put on my song. <laughs> my music is everywhere. It's on Spotify. It's, on, it's everywhere. And so I go, oh, my God. He's like, I get to meet you. I was like, oh, my God. This is really weird. I, 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 I Snapchat. There's and I was like, fear again. <laughs> it was weird. I was like, oh, my God. How do you know me? Because I don't know who hears my music. I don't know who, who does what. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I see the views and spins on that on, online. But, like, I don't know who. I don't know likes right. it. Um, but I'm starting to get recognized for my music. And that's what's kind of strange to me. But that first album was where it began. And it's a lesson to anybody. Just be fearless. You want to try something? Try it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Forget age. Forget what you think, what's going on, money or whatever. Just try it. And you just never know where. It may be a one-off and be fine. You can say you did it. Or it may turn into something. So. How much would you say that your, the stuff that you use for life coaching a coaching applies to the way that you approach these new things 100 percent, right i i live what i preach as you should as you should but i do i mean not everybody does i do i mean i it makes me more relatable to my clients to the people i speak to because i say oh i I, I can tell you for example what it did for me right i'm not just i'm not just pontificating and and saying well you should do this i'm actually telling you well this is what i did and actually worked or didn't work i mean I, i can tell you from experience yeah are there like pillars or tenants that like if you were to just try to leave the people who are listening with just a couple like foundational things, what would those be? Small steps lead to large rewards. Mm-hmm. I say it all the time. Small steps lead to large rewards. I say it all the time. That's, that's my main thing. It's okay to start small and try it and see what happens. You might not even say monetarily, but you know, physically, emotionally, Whatever you might, you'll walk away to a better person. Mm-hmm. Just try it. I always say go in um, care, compassion, and those two things are I mean, for yourself and for others. You should always be kind to yourself and kind to others. And my last thing always is, you should be nice. Nice should be the norm. Nice. That's an important one. Yeah, it is. I feel like a lot of people forget. They do. That, yes, nice, <laughs> nice. People should scenario. be nice, and, yeah. it, and it pisses me off. People aren't nice. When people, when people are unnecessarily rude and mean. Yep. There's a lot of this stuff is unnecessary. And it's right. like, I don't really need, I don't, that's like me at you the other day for something that I'm like, and I don't even know why they're getting me at you. I'm just like, what, what's that for? I don't even understand. It's unnecessary. Just be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. Well, they were just lashing out at you. They were. I was just too pretty. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's always the case. I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. I'm sure it's what like, it is. Like, oh my gosh, totally. Oh my God, like totally. Let's say the same, let's take it back. But oh, no, that's, that's, I think people should be nice and I should be the norm. Those are my, those are kind of my, my three things. Nice. Yeah, start, start at any age. Start at any age. No, don't worry about your age. Just start it. Don't yeah. let anybody tell you you shouldn't do anything because you're too old or too young. Just do it. There's like a five-year-old listening to this who's like, go, go. I am going to be an astronaut. Yes. Yes. It's another five-year-old like, I'm going to smoke cigarettes. Yes. It sounds so glamorous when they talk about it. Because your soul needs it, you five-year-old. Your soul needs that cigarette. It needs it. Oh, man. James, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. This has been really fun. Where can people find you if they want to talk to you about more stuff? You can find me on all social media platforms where all James Law Juniors are sold at James Law Junior. It's that simple. And my music, you can find everywhere. 
It's on Google Play. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Um, I'm thinking uh, Amazon Music. Uh, and then my SoundCloud page. Just look, just type in James Law Jr. and you'll find everything about me everywhere. Nice. Yes. What about you, Lex? Where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Uh, you can't find my music anywhere because I don't have any. Oh, okay. Right. Um, well, right. you, uh, could, you could come to my apartment, that's... and that's where you would hear me messing around with a guitar. Oh, cool. Where can they find you? <laughs> they can't. It exists in a pocket dimension between oh. two other units. Got it. Okay. It's like when I get home, I do the, like, I wave my hand around, and it's like the Harry Potter thing where yeah. the two doors move apart, <laughs> mm-hmm. and my doorway is revealed. Yeah. It yes. scares the shit out of people. They're like, the fear. That was scary. <laughs> that was scary. Me. I'd run. I'd go running. That was scary. Um... <laughs> Cool. Uh, and you can find me at Tari J, T A U R I J A Y. I also have no music, but you can, if you listen hard enough on the freeways of Los Angeles, hear me singing at the loudest volume that I can make from my face. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but most importantly, you can find this podcast at Missing Outcast. It's M I S S I N G O U T C A S T. And we are on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Make sure to hit us up on whatever platform. Follow you them, are. please do. Follow them, like, yeah. rate, subscribe, comment, share, share. We should have you on every episode. Just come in and be like, share, share, share. So yeah, do those things. Uh, show, show some love. Uh, just to you know, help keep this podcast going. Help other people find it because as we've said the most potent form of advertisement is word Word of of mouth mouth. so uh thank you for joining us this has been the retrospective that's introspective and now you have a new perspective yeah (laughs) there's a kid who smokes cigarettes (laughs) goo goo ga ga (laughs) boo boo Uh, has menthol in it